You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters, and we're so happy you're here. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer. I'm a producer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a mom. And this week, I am happy to be home. I am going to tell you all about that. Uh, and Julie, you're here with me today. I I am Leanne. I am your older sister, the eldest. Uh, I live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother, a podcaster, all those things. Um, and But here's the question of the week, Leanne. Yeah. What do you prefer? Are you a window person or are you an aisle person on an airplane? 100% aisle. Okay. Uh, because I have a little bit of claustrophobia, so that helps me on a plane if I have just a little bit of, you know, leg room. Also, I like to um, I like to be a get up and stretch my legs and not bother everybody else in the route. So definitely an aisle person. How okay. about you? Well, I'm an aisle person too, Leanne. I don't know. Is it genetic? It is a family trait. I don't like being trapped in. Go ahead and knock my arm with the drink cart. I don't care. I want a free and clear path to the bathroom if I need to get there. Uh, yeah. So. So we have two Isle sisters today on Satellite Sisters. We'll have to ask Liz what she is uh, when we see her next window or aisle. She is off this week. She is in New York for a couple of work things. And then she's also um, doing a uh, doing a, a, a panel on She Podcasts. Um, we're happy to support that organization. And she's doing um, a virtual panel for them right now. Currently, as we record the show, she's virtually uh, paneling. So Liz, uh, good luck. We'll miss you. See you next week. Um, this week on the show, let's see, we have a lot of travel related things. I was off last week. I was on Martha's Vineyard. I was on Nantucket. And then unbelievably, I spent a night in JFK. So I'm going to tell you all about that. That's that's That sounds wonderful. That just sounds like that was fun. Yes. Can't wait to hear about that, sister. <laughs> Julie, you were in Colorado, too. I was. And I have a tip. Uh, I went with my tennis team, Leanne. We had a delightful trip. But I have something that I'd like to share with all of our satellite sisters that I think will enrich your lives. How about that? Oh, good. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you all about um, what I did on the vineyard with my friend, Liz Green. She's an artist. We did a presentation on creativity. So I'm going to go through some of the talking points that we talked about. It was called Cultivating Creativity in Midlife. We actually worked really hard on it, and uh, I think it went over pretty well. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in there. Julie, you have an interesting, entertaining sisters that you've been watching. Yes, I am watching a South Korean drama called The Glory, and I can't wait to tell you about it. It's on Netflix with subtitles. It's excellent. Okay. Details to follow. All right. And I am glad um, we are going to get to the controversy from last week's show. I missed it, but I saw the comments. Peonies v. Panties. So save it. We'll talk about it. Okay. Come out later. Really made me laugh when I saw the comments. <laughs> all right. Uh, first of all, though, um, I'm gonna, I, I have to tell you about the slumber party I had at JFK. Okay. What? what? <laughs> All right. So I went on this trip. I went to two islands. Let's just face it. Islands are slightly more inconvenient to get to than say, you know, landlocked places. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Martha's Vineyard 
I flew to Boston. I got fog delayed. I got fog delayed. I canceled my flight. I got on a bus. I took a ferry. Trip one. I was flying home, coming home from Nantucket, which is an island even further off the coast of Massachusetts. So I had to first take the ferry to Martha's Vineyard again, then get on a plane to New York, and then take a flight to Burbank, California. Seems easy, Lance. Very straightforward. People do it all the time. I don't know what's the problem here. Okay. So I was really worried about the first two legs of that home trip. Like I thought, oh, that Nantucket ferry, people casually said to me all weekend, oh, that ferry gets canceled all the time. Oh, people get stuck here on Nantucket all the time. Oh yeah. The fog. The way-. I was like, uh-oh. So I didn't sleep at all the night before, but the ferry worked fine. Then I got to Martha's Vineyard and I was a little worried there because I'd already had the fog situation. Oh, plane took off on time. I had, you know, what I thought was going to be a tight you know, one hour turnover there in JFK to get on my flight to California. No, that didn't happen. I don't want to dwell because we can all whine and complain about travel season. We know it's going to be bad. I I just experienced it. You know, long story short, five hours at the gate. Oh, actually six, six hours at the gate. The air conditioning in the gateway wasn't working, which meant that the plane on the ground got really hot. So they had to fix the gateway air conditioning because you can't turn on the plane AC till the engines are on. Couldn't they just like open the doors on the jet plane <laughs> or something like that? You know, really, they were open. We were looking out the window like the captains. They, they were. So they tried or at least allegedly they tried. All, all you need to know is that we got <laughs> we got a lot of changing stories for six hours until they finally canceled the flight. Oh, no. Oh, so no. By that time, it's 11 p.m. and you're in New York City and all the flight other flights to Los Angeles have already left. Oh, so, uh, oh, oh you feel terrible. I mean, that you could just die of self-pity with that situation. Right, Leanne? Well, I have to say this. I was a solo traveler. Like I, so, and I am not stressed. I mean, I was not stressed out in this situation. I sort of accept the Zen of travel, like time holds no meaning in an airport and things like that. And I did at one point channel my inner Liz Dolan. And as soon as I really felt like things were going south, I went and changed my ticket to the first flight out in the morning. There was a, you know, 6 a.m. flight to the West Coast. And I made sure I got that seat. And the second after I did that, they canceled the flight for real. And there were 150 people behind me in the customer oh. service line. Oh. But I felt bad for the parents because oh, no. they had to gate check everything. There was all kinds of nonsense like gate check everything right now because that will make boarding easier when it's 96 degrees on the plane. Like they just can't. So there were parents that were holding infants for hours and hours. Oh, and hours. dear. How about the folks in the wheelchairs? Like there was oh. a 90-year-old woman there. There were three people who had had assistance, and they left. So now they're just alone in the airport at at midnight, and they're, nine, and they're 90 years old. I mean, oh. so that things were starting to get, and the patients, people, passengers were starting to get agitated. So yeah. that's it. So long, I I was set. I felt like I was, you know, in a good space. Um, and I had my ticket for the first thing in the morning. And it was, you know, 1130. There's really no need to go to a hotel. Like there's no first way. Because by the time you get to the hotel, how long, you don't know how long that will take. Then you have to just turn around like five hours later, right? Because if you need to be there or even earlier if yeah. you need to 
go back through security, check yeah. the bag, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, oh. so here's it. I just, I just said, okay, I, I'm out of gate 20. I'm just going to stay at gate 20. Everything's going to be fine. And I have to tell you, Julie, it is a very short trip from sophisticated traveler to airport dweller. Okay. <laughs> like once it's after midnight and you're in JFK, you don't yeah. care. You're brushing your teeth in the ladies' room. I had all these witch <laughs> hazel, you know, wipes, and I was like giving myself a sponge sponge bath right at the gate. You know, <laughs> people are bunking down on the on the floors. Just you go, right, going, yeah, you don't care. Like yeah. you, you'll lie down on that floor, no matter. Yeah, I mean, I did care. I couldn't lie down on the floor, but okay. uh, other people were. I mean, I was just, I didn't, I lost my water bottle at some point in the day. So I ended up just borrowing cups from the coffee places that were fully closed. They're totally closed, you know, and it's, they shut down allegedly. So you're sort of looting coffee places? Julie, I'm looting. I'm just wandering around. (laughs) Although, you know, the people are vacuuming. They're trying to clean, you know, it's just wandering around. And then when the travelers show up the next morning, like you can, you can tell them the new travelers, you know, they're so fresh. They have makeup on <laughs> and you find yourself saying, oh no, that phone charger doesn't work. No, you're going to want the one over there at the next gate. <laughs> just, I mean, man, they look at you like, do you live here? And I'm like, eh, I guess I live here now. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that. Like that Tom Hanks movie. You just moved in, Leon. Yeah, it's exactly. You just totally get it. Like you totally get it. Uh, there's such a natural rhythm. I mean, the city that never sleeps. The airport doesn't sleep either. Technically, they shut it down from midnight to two, but it was you know still loud, still music, still things are happening while the cleaning crews are there. But here's some good things, Jill. You bond with your fellow travelers, right? We okay. had, you know, okay. five hours at the gate, like Sarah, how are you? The Yankees hat guy, the solo dad with two kids. Like we formed a cabal. We were exchanging information, <laughs> you know, reaching out to Twitter to try to get some support. Thank you, fellow travelers. Everybody had a good attitude. But next thing, if you were looking this summer for the worst check-in luggage drop TSA experience in America, don't worry, I found it. I found it. So you I don't have to spend your time because unbelievably, Julie, at three in the morning, I had to go pick up my bag at baggage claim. They had unloaded the plane. Okay. I thought they would just transfer it over to the next plane. So I was surprised when Sarah told me at 3 a.m., oh, I didn't see you at baggage claim. Did you get your bag yet? I was like, what? I had to go down to baggage, find my bag, uh, recheck it, and go uh-huh. through security again at 3 a.m. Oh, that sounds like a nice experience. There were thousands of people at the JetBlue check-in. Huge <laughs> international, oh, oh, international flights going out at like 5 a.m. All to South America, to the Caribbean, like families, huge amounts of luggage. Julie, I stood at the check-in for two hours No way. at 3 a.m. to get yeah. back to the airport where I lived then. So it seems I, like it seems like we should grow out of these experiences, Leanne. Yeah. You know, I mean it's like, okay, when you're 1920, you should have one of these uh, experiences mm-hmm. where you're spending, you're snowed in, the, yeah, you know, and whatever, have, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. we all have. But it seems like at our age, we should have graduated from this kind <laughs> of situation. 
There was one point at like 2 a.m. where I thought, boy, if I get murdered here at JFK, are people just going to say, what an idiot? Why didn't she go to a hotel? Like, have no sympathy for me. So I did think that. So don't worry. If you're looking for the worst place in America, it's the JetBlue TSA experience at 3 a.m. I found out I can sleep on planes. I was so exhausted that like the minute I got on that plane, I was like, oh, I'm on this nice plane and the seat is so comfortable. I was out. I didn't even... I didn't even hear the, you know, where the where the life preservers were, Julie. I just went right out for at least two hours. <laughs> then and then finally I bonded with my fellow passengers on the plane. I at some one point, believe it or not, in my bag, my carry-on bag, because I checked my luggage, I had a few things that turned out to be key. Okay. I had a down vest, a little down vest. I had mm-hmm. an extra caftan in there, Julie, that I used okay. as a, you know, I I used as a blanket. Okay. Uh, I also put in my slides, you know, all the slides that everyone's wearing now, the uh-huh. athletic slides and some fuzzy socks, because I thought that might be cozy. I had taken a red eye on the way out. I thought, oh, God, I'll be glad to have that. Oh, Julie, I put those fuzzy socks on and my slides and I just felt <laughs> good. And I thought it wouldn't Did you have a bathrobe in there, too, because it seems like next it's- time, next time. <laughs> And so I'm, I, I've never worn slides on a plane in my life. I don't wear them in public. I basically just wear them in my home. But I didn't even change back into my sophisticated travel sneakers. So I'm on the plane with the slides. The guy next, everybody in my row has slides. They're younger kids. At one point, I go to the bathroom, come back. And then the guy starts looking around. He's like, oh, you're wearing my slides. I, it's even worse. I had one of mine and one of his on. I haven't even noticed. I had a size 12 Adidas slide on my I didn't even notice. So that's it. I mean, whoo, but it is busy out there, people. Bring your patience, put your slides and your fuzzy socks in your carry-on. And just, oh my gosh. I I mean, there are a lot of people traveling and things are gonna happen. And so I wish you all well. I wish you well. Stay positive. Stay positive. And if you're sitting next to Leon Dolan on your back flight, check your shoes. I mean, I couldn't believe it. (laughs) It was really funny. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, well, Leon, I have to say I had a much calmer, uh, more maybe a calmer weekend than you did. This was as an end of season celebration for my tennis team. You know how much I love my tennis team. Mm -hmm. We took a delightful trip to Crested Butte, Colorado, which is a charming, picturesque. The mountains are great. It's in southern Colorado. So from Texas, it's it's a pretty good shot to get there. Um, and uh, so not the, not the whole team, but many members of the team were there. And one of the activities that we did was we took a tour of historic downtown Crested Butte that was sponsored by the local historical society. Oh, they have a little museum right on Elk Avenue, which is their main drag in Crested Butte. And we thought, oh well, that would be kind of fun. But you know, historical tours they could, they could kind of be a snoozer too, right? They can. They can. <laughs> they could, a lot could, depends on your tour guide. Let's face okay. It. Okay. Yeah. Well, now let me tell you about our tour tour guide because our tour guide was a woman of a certain age. Okay, her name was Glow. G-L-O, Leanne. That was her name. Okay. 
Okay, she came, she was originally from for, Florida, but she moved to Creston Butte in the early 70s. Okay. Oh, okay. Think so. Rocky Mountain High. Think Rocky Mountain High. That was Glow's vibe. She was, you know, she was a hippie from another age, but she was there. The first 20 years that she lived in Crested Butte, she worked as a waitress uh, in Crested mm. Butte. And, yeah. and I can tell she would have been a very fine waitress, just the way she she could, could command the, her audience and she had great interaction. But then somehow she moved over and became director of the little museum in Crested Butte. Now, you weren't on the show last week, but Liz talked about, and she gave this out as career advice, our sister, that said sometimes you should just take jobs when they're presented to, to you, even if you don't feel like you're qualified. So I was thinking of that with Glow. Like, I don't know exactly how she got from being the waitress to being director of the Crested Butte Museum, but I think it's her, it was her tremendous enthusiasm and um, really excellent people skills. Because we're out on the main street of Crested Butte, and pretty much everybody who passed by Land, she she would say they would say hi to Glow. They knew her. She was. Yeah. And here's the thing about Glow. When she was recounting the facts of uh, Crested Butte, starting with the Ute Nation with, that did hunting in this area, and then the coal miners that came from Ireland and Serbia and Croatia, uh, Glow admitted right up front, she, she has about facts for about 80% of what she says. But then she uses, <laughs> she uses like her own imagination and her own just backstory to kind of fill it all in. And I'm telling you, it really, really worked. So it just made me think about how, like, all these towns, the towns mm -hmm. all across America have, you know, small museums, historic societies, they give tours. And, you know, there are, these are docents and directors, these are volunteers. And I think we should all take a little tour, you know, because this was so delightful. I mean, Glow told us where to go to see the ma the best wildflowers. Now oh. it was it was on private land, land. We, we drove onto somebody else's private land, mm -hmm. and we went we went up and we and we knocked on the door and we just said Glow sent us. She no way that's yeah. fun. Yeah. That's fun. And and you know what the guy said go right ahead. So I. <laughs> I just thought, but I think, you know, supporting your local, you know, and the museum was really good there and it took a lot of effort and there was just lots of a uh, chock full of interesting things. I mean, Crescent Butte prides itself in, in creating mountain biking. Did you know that, Leanne? They I didn't know that, Joel. No. They they claim that they started mountain biking. Oh. So there you have it. That's a, that's a fact, Leanne. 100% fact. Not even 80% fact. Okay. Okay. But so that's my recommendation for the summer. Maybe stay out of airports, but take a local historic tour. Mm -hmm. now, now that flying is probably out of your, you know, uh, sort of near future, I think you're probably going to take a break after. We're taking a, I'm, well, I'm certainly taking a break from JFK. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Well, I saw this. Um, I saw this article at discoverer.com and it was ultimate roadside attractions, okay? And doesn't that sound good? That does sound good. So there are eight of them. We're going to post the article because people are on the move this summer. But I just wanted to tempt you with some of these roadside attractions. Now, you and your family, you travel all the time by car. Do you stop? Yes. Are you allowed to stop? Because I yes. know 
I know your husband sort of thinks of himself as a as a car. He is a car racer. Okay, uh, does it, but if it's a good roadside attraction, will he go out of his way or stop to see it? Yes, yes. Especially if we're not. I mean, if we're just driving like to Bend, Oregon, like boom up the five that we've done a million times. There's it's we're being timed and there's no stopping. But um, but otherwise, he's a really good stopper. Actually, he's very strategic. He he builds that into okay. the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's one I want him to build into uh, the day. It's the world's largest, are you ready for this, kaleidoscope plan. Okay. Oh, fun. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> Mount Trepper, New York. So it's in the Catskills. It's in the Emerson Spa Resort. At its Guinness Book of World Records approved, this is the largest uh, kaleidoscope. It's 56 feet tall, Liam. Now, you know you want to see that, right? Yeah, sure. You're going to put the brakes on for that one. Or how about this one? Also on the East Coast, so I, our listeners there, I would love to go see this because I love the rhyme, the woman who lives in the shoe who had too many children. Well, if you go to York County, Pennsylvania, the Haynes Shoe House is there. It's a house that looks like a shoe, Liam. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I got it, Joel. I got it. (laughs) All right. Now, on your way to Oregon, maybe you want to like sort of take a big wide spring uh, swing out to Nebraska. Oh, sure. Something Mm -hmm. there that I think because your family is very interested in automobiles. Okay, it's called Carhenge, Leanne. Yes. Thirty nine cars full scale reproduction of Stonehenge. Oh, that's cool. Doesn't that sound good? It that does, does sound fun. Yeah, okay. I, I like that one. Yeah, Carhenge in Alliance, Nebraska. Okay, I want to know if anyone's seen it. It definitely seems worthwhile to do. But this one, you can go to see, Leanne, because it is on the way to Bend. It's mm-hmm. in San Jose, California. Have you ever been to the Winchester Mystery House in San I Jose? have not, but my everybody else I know has. And I've seen the signs a million times. And so I just don't even really know what goes on there. 24,000 square foot mansion. It's on the coast. Okay. And uh, it was built in the 1886 with the Winchester gun fortune. Okay. It took 38 years to build all the various rooms and mansions. It's filled with secret passages. It has a seance room. But here's the thing. That, that according to lore, Sarah Winchester, who built this house, um, that the house is haunted. Okay, oh, of course. Haunted yes. with the spirits of all the people who died from Winchester gunshot wounds. Mm, uplifting so, then. Great. Yes. Well, <laughs> a nice spooky house. That sounds like fun, Liam. Come on. It does sound like fun. <laughs> all right. So hit the road, stay away from JFK, and take a historic tour. That's it. All right. Up next, we have some uh, we have some wedding information. It's the wedding season. We have some trends we're gonna we're gonna hit you with. Julie has a new story about fake sneakers, and I'm gonna tell you about uh, cultivating creativity in midlife. Stay with us. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. 
But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah. Any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> and that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SAT Sisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea.
All right, time for a little new newsy news. News like some new some news like information, Julie. What do you, what do you got to kick us off? Well, this is a this is a, a kind of a big story. Patagonia is accusing Nordstrom of selling counterfeit items at their discount store, The Rack, you know, Nordstrom. Oh, yeah. So they are suing that. Re- they, Patagonia is suing Nordstrom's. They're ending their partnership because they said that there are that uh, The Rack is selling, uh, has been selling sweatshirts and T-shirts that have Patagonia tags in the, on them, but they're not really Patagonia items. Okay. Oh, that's a big deal. It, it is a big story, Lane. And Nordstrom has, has said they are reviewing the matter. It's a legal issue. Now, I don't know about a Pat- I don't know about a Patagonia's claim. And you know, I love Nordies. Uh, I love their yeah. staff there. I love everything about them. However, Land, I when I read this item, I was like, "Aha!" Because a while back. I, I found the perfect tennis shoe. It's a Cole Haan tennis shoe, okay? It's called the Grand Pro Tennis Shoe. And it is perfectly, and you can wear it with shorts, skorts, skirts, dresses. I love my shoes so much. And I've they're white tennies, and I've kind of worn them out, okay? So I went online to the rack. So I found this, I found the shoes, and they sent them to me. And you know what? They weren't exactly the same. Something was a little fishy with my sneakers, okay? I mean, they they were, I thought, well, maybe I, I ordered the wrong one. Like I had, uh, I, I had made a mistake, but no, these, they had the Colhan uh, label on them. They had the Colhan tags, everything like that. Same Grand Pro uh, sneaker, but they were different. When I put them side to side, I could see that the pair that I got at the rack like the sole was different. The front oh, of the shoe wow. was like, it was like a copy bag. You know, when you see the Louis yes. bags that they're right. selling on the street and you go up to them and from a distance, they look like a Louis Vuitton bag. But then when you get a little closer, you can see that there's something a little off with it. With right. This. The seam show or right. Yes. The quality is off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I never returned it. I never said anything to Nordstrom's. I, I've kept the shoes. So I have them. And then I see this article. And I'm just wondering if they're, you know, if this is another case where somehow the supply chain for however Nordstrom's rack gets clothes to the rack, that it's been infiltrated by counterfeit items. Hmm. Yeah, I just saw a piece a couple of weeks ago in the Times about now some of these fakes are so good, even the manufacturers can't tell. Like, they're, I, first of all, they're they're everywhere and they're getting yes. better. But it's important to remember if people buy all those fake bags that they know are bag, bad, uh, know are fake. Those are like the worst people in the world. Producing yes, they are. Bags. Yes. And a lot of that money goes to fund really, you know, really terrible human things. human trafficking and trafficking drugs. Right. drugs. Yes. No, it's right. there. It's terrible. So even the, you know, the fake Tory Burch bag you buy is just not worth it. But wow, Julie, you're breaking some news here. I know. I was doing some investigative reporting, even though I didn't know I was doing it. So um, I'm going to what take- you gonna do? What's next? Will you feel like you have to contact someone now? I, I don't know, Lee. And I, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to take a picture. I'll put, I'll put the shoe, uh, the two shoes on online uh, side mm-hmm. by side and you can see. I, well, I mean, who knows? There's probably somebody in the Satellite Sisters listenership that either works at the rack or works at I don't know what at Nordstrom, or I, I Nordstrom mean, or, these, or the government. 
Yeah. Right. I bought these shoes during COVID. So again, I was so happy that they even delivered them. I, you know, right. I, I didn't want to complain too much. No one's blaming you, Joel. No one's oh, okay. blaming you. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I don't want to be part of that counterfeit <laughs> okay. empire. Okay. That wasn't my intention. I just wanted another pair of white tennies. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but I will keep you posted and maybe we'll see what happens, but it's kind of All right. Good. Yeah. Good. It's interesting to note. I'm glad you brought this up because I do think people think it's not a big deal, counterfeit stuff, but it is kind of a big deal. Uh, all right. I have some wedding trends here, switching oh, switching it up. But you know, when you and I do the show together, we love talking about weddings. It, it does seem like it's wedding season. But did you know, Julie, that actually more people get married in the fall now than in the summer? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, of all marriages, of all weddings that take place, uh, over 40% take uh, place in September, October, and November. With a very close second is uh, is June, July, and August with about 28% of weddings taking place during those months. But, you know, we all know people getting married or going to weddings. You're the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom. My next book is currently about a wedding. So I've been really... Um, just investing myself in the whole wedding oh, industrial good. complex, I, which is good. why these stories stuck to me. So if you have a wedding this summer, congratulations. Uh, here's what you can look for, because according to Martha Stewart Weddings, which is actually a very good site, uh, here's what's happening in terms of wedding trends. Julie, big is back. OK, we we had enough of the COVID weddings, the small weddings, the Zoom weddings, <laughs> the only invite people you actually liked your wedding. That's over, Julie. We're oh, back no. to big. Okay. Okay. No more intimate weddings. Just yeah. want it's done. Just want invite everybody you know. Just big old weddings. Okay. Yes, that's Good. it. Okay. So you know that's a trend you can look for. That's a trend oh. you can look for. Okay. Another another trend. The seventies, Julie, as a wedding aesthetic. Okay. Oh yeah. All, everything has to have an aesthetic now, right? So uh, as a wedding aesthetic, expect those seventies colors. Expect the seventies vibes and the bridesmaids' dresses. Expect. Disco balls everywhere, according to uh, wedding planners. Here okay. come the seventies. All right, all right. Okay. I mean, I feel like that was a pretty good era. Those are flattering dresses, some of the seventies, and that's kind of fun. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's can, great. Uh, I have no problem with. That. I think the seventies. Almost everybody looks good in like an empire waist dress. So great. Go ahead, pick those. All right. How about this festive favors? Now, Julie, have you been to weddings where they give you like breath mints and? You know, uh, travel, yeah. you know, phone yeah. chargers and things like that with the bride and groom. No, that's over, Julie. No one wants that anymore. Cigarettes? Do we get cigarettes? People don't lighters? What? what do we get? How about warm cookies on the way out the door or a water bottle? Fine. I'll take it. That's fine. I don't need a luggage tag. But that, I sometimes... seems, that seems reasonable. I mean, yeah. it's a little, I mean, it's a nice gesture, but, you know, you really don't need those. Uh, anyway. Okay. All right. If that's the trend, fine. Warm cookies. I'm all for it. Yeah. All right. Although it did make me laugh because my friend Chris, my friends, Kristen and Dave got married a couple of years ago. And guess what I found in my bag in the middle of the night at JFK? I found the mints from their wedding and I <laughs> ate quite a few of those. <laughs> oh, <my God>. Desperate <laughs> times calls for desperate measures. <laughs> so I had a lot of Tic Tacs at 2 a.m. All right. Uh, here's another trend which only serves to extend the well the the wedding for even more hours because you know what modern wedding seven hours just isn't enough time right Julie you need a warm welcome all right so imagine you're getting married say at a church usually your wedding guest you start at the church and then you would go to the reception place correct 
That's not enough, Julie. You need like a half an hour, a welcome party so guests can talk to each other first. And maybe that involves a signature cocktail, Julie. Something Before that goes, church, you're having a cocktail? I didn't understand this trend at all, Julie. Like, I don't know. You have like eight more hours to talk to the other people at the wedding. Do you need a party before the party? Apparently you do. Okay. Welcome. That's what they're suggesting. And the same is at the end, a high energy goodbye. I will never forget our mother said, like, you know, you and I both got married in Edna Dolan run weddings, right? Yes. Yes. Five hours total. That included the actual wedding ceremony, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, last more than five hours. I remember it was like five hours on the dot. She looked at me and said, "You need to leave now." So uh, at my own wedding, so I just got up, I got changed. It's time to go on the honeymoon. That's it. No more, Jewel. No more. Now you have to have the after party. Oh, the after party. Yes, those are really big. Yes, All about that. Yeah. And the bride yeah. and groom doesn't leave because everybody wants to keep partying. And I would say, do they? Do they want to keep partying? Because now they've had the warm welcome. They've had seven hours. <laughs> okay. But the after party, I mean, let those poor bride and grooms go. Uh, But anyway, warm welcomes, high energy goodbyes. And then finally, Julie, this trend, streamers are the new sparklers. Okay. Oh. I like sparklers. I did too. I I know. Uh, Our niece, uh, Megan, Megan Dolan had um, had uh, sparklers at her wedding. I thought it was really boffo. Yes, it was boffo. But remember, we didn't know what to do with them. So we ran back into the tent and we almost burned the tent down. Right. That's what I (laughs) Okay, that was a detail. And they were like, no, go to the go out to the driveway so she can leave with sparklers. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's too many burns. They said too many ER visits from wedding sparklers, streamers or the new sparklers. Okay, that's it. And then one last wedding dress trend, which I think is is I enjoy this. Okay, say yes to the dress. That great show. Uh, You know, we love it over there on the Learning Channel. I watch it all the time. Uh, They've had a profound impact on the wedding industry as a whole because now everybody wants personalized service and a party when they buy their dress, even if they're not going to Kleinfeld's and even if they're not buying a super expensive custom dress. They want that feeling of personalized service and a party and inviting people in champagne. So, you know, RIP David's Bridal. I mean, they went out of business because people want this personalized service. So I thought that was kind of nice at any level, I, I whatever dress you're buying. Yeah. I, I agree with that because it is a very happy time and it's, you know, a happy occasion. And uh, and why not? I would, I would have a party when you're purchasing the dress before the, what's that first one? The warm welcome party? The warm welcome. And I'm certainly not going to the after party. Okay. I'm out. Oh, and here's an interesting note. I was on Nantucket this weekend. Do you remember we talked about nap dresses quite a bit? How yes. the Hill has yes. nap dress. I did not realize that was a Nantucket store. So there's a huge store all filled with nap dresses. And then I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that maternity nap dresses, or I'm sorry, wedding nap dresses are now a thing where you can yeah. get married in a nap dress. I would like to report, and I said, you're going to regret getting married in a in a nightgown. Uh, but I have to say, I got on the ferry uh, on Sunday morning and there was a bride. It was post-wedding and she was in a wedding nap dress. And it looked very cute. Uh, the day after the wedding was very cute. Yes. Just like to report on that. That's okay. I still think you're going to regret getting married in a nightgown. All right. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Just stick to your principles, Leanne. Don't give them up. All right. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about the event that my friend Elizabeth Green and I did on the yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What did yeah, you, it was, what were you talking about there? Because you weren't yeah. just talking about your books. No, it was a little bit different because originally Liz said, come do a book, you know, presentation in the vineyard. And I've just done a lot. And she is an artist there. She works, um, she sews, she beads, she designs, you know, things like that, like pillows and bags and, and stuff like that. She works for Sylvie's Bags on the vineyard, makes beautiful things there. But she also is a visual artist. And she does a lot of collage work. She rips and pastes and paints all of her work together. And uh, she does amazing things. And she's just been a creative person her whole life. But the last couple, say, 10 years, she's really focused on sort of producing at at a higher level. And so I said, why don't we do something about cultivating creativity in midlife? Because both of us have had a little bit of a breakthrough, you know, I didn't start writing my first novel till I was 45. You know, that was 12 years ago. So both of us have had creative breakthroughs a little later in life. And I thought I thought that would be a good topic um, for a talk. And she was in. She doesn't do a lot of talks like this. I think it's fair to say she doesn't do any. This isn't really in mm-hmm. her real house. But we felt like we could pull this together ourselves. And we both realized that, you know, over the last couple of years, 10 years, say, you know, we become empty nesters. So that's an important part of midlife. Like all of a sudden you don't have as, you know, you don't have the day-to-day caring of a child that sort of frees up your time. We both lost our our parents. So mm-hmm. caregiving, aging parents, that's not a part of our day-to-day world anymore. And then the third thing is uh, within the last five years, we both had cancer and went through that and kind of yep. decided to reprioritize our life. So that was the inspiration for this. Mm-hmm. So I got to the vineyard and I had, we had talked, we'd had Zoom meetings before, you know, I'd worked the outline, I'd put together a PowerPoint presentation, which was exciting. Liz didn't even know what a PowerPoint was, but that's okay. But she had great artwork. So I got there and we photographed her artwork. But the first day was actually really fun because we just went to the beautiful library where we were going to be speaking because we needed the good Wi-Fi. And we worked on the presentation for four hours. Like, you know, going through it, you know, was that fun? Wait, I know. Was that fun working with Liz in this capacity? I mean, because you're fun. I mean, she's, you know, she's your dear friend, but you haven't ever really done anything together like this. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot from her and she learned a lot from me. So I think we had a ton of fun actually putting, uh, putting the presentation together, sort of diving deep into what is it? That has sort of allowed us to kind of find who we are create creatively, you know, at 50 or so. Um, so we came up with like seven words that we thought would help people move through the presentation. You know how I like to do that, Julie. Top yes. five or organize the information in a way that makes sense and so you can remember it. So it's not just a long run-on sentence. So I wanted to share a couple. Um, the first was start. Uh, and that you know, I think people can get really, they have ideas and they get really held up about actually starting and diving in. You know, I I, I told the story about um, taking my first novel writing class and I had never written a word of prose. I'd never written fiction like that. And uh, I signed up for a class and I had the outline and I, I felt like I was ready, but I hadn't actually written a page of the novel. And the first week of the class, the teacher said, okay, uh, the first three people, Dolan, let's go, 30 pages by next week. And I was like, oh, oh okay, this is it. I got to start this book. And I always credit that assignment, taking that class and that initial assignment with actually helping me start my whole writing career. Like, right. I don't know. I huh. could have easily just messed around, but never really started the novel until I had that 
Yeah, sometimes you need some kind of outside force to help give you the structure to start, right? Yeah. Yes. And now Liz picked the word experiment. And for this, she told a really interesting story because she had had some negative experiences with an art history professor and a drawing class who said, like, you're no good at this. You're terrible. Oh, it really like crushed her when she was in college. So she sort of put any artistic desire she had aside. But then one of the many jobs she's had on Martha's Vineyard was caregiving um, for a young for a, a you know relatively young guy, he had seizures. So she used to just have to watch him. And he he loved pottery. The pottery was uh, something that he did all the time, but he had this art studio and he had a million other things. And Liz is like, you know, in her 40s now. And the, and the kid said to her, oh, you can use anything you want. And she said, so I started painting. Like the paints were there, we're just creating art. And then I started doing collages. And then I started this. She said, I just experimented. I didn't think anything would come out of it. And I was surprised that I could do it because I had felt like I had been discouraged from creating art by one one comment from one professor years before. So I thought experiment was a good one too, because people think it has to be intentional or I'm going to start this book or this mystery, even though I don't read mysteries and I'm going to sell it for a million dollars. Like that's not really the nature of it. Just sort of trying something out and seeing if you can do it. Great. It's sort of more of a low risk situation. Low risk. Right. And we're afraid, you know, at some point, like in your midlife, you feel like you should have gained all this expertise so you can't do anything bad anymore or terrible, but you can. And it's kind of fun as long as your expectations are that I'm just experimenting. And the last one I wanted to mention was finish. So my words, my words were start and finish because we all have a million half done projects, right? Uh That we've done like, oh, I think I'll refinish this table or I, yes, I am going to scrapbook my child's whole life. And then you have all these (laughs) half done scrapbooks, right? Right. Uh, and, And but there's something super duper satisfying about finishing the project that you're working on. And I think that becomes a motivator to start again. So those were that that was just a that's just a touch of what we talked about during the presentation. I love that, Lee. And you know, and it's inspiring to hear about it. And it makes me want to think about, well, well, how could I be more creative? You know, like maybe, you know, that this, I, I, I think it's a, it's a really good thing that you did. And I, I love how you two shared your very different creative experiences with a wider audience. Yeah. I want to thank all the Satellite Sisters that came because, again, not easy to get to an island called Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> and they came by boat and they came by, I mean, Pam. She got, she brought her bike. She took the ferry over uh, and then she lives south of Boston. And then she got on her bike. She's like, I'm just going to ride from Vineyard Haven to West Tisbury. Well, when Pam got there, she's like, oh, that was longer, steeper, and harder than I thought. <laughs> Pam, I mean, got way to go, Pam. Great. Cindy was there who lived on the vineyard. So she came by car. Nancy brought her daughter. That was great. There was a whole crew of satellite sisters that were, they, they lived on the vineyard, but they were told by their satellite sister in Buffalo, you have to go see Leon. So I, so I mean, four people showed up that had never, never met us, but it was great. All sent by their satellite sisters. So super fun. My hosts, I, I stayed with my friends, Natalie and Ray. Thank you to Natalie and Ray. Uh, and, and, and Liz's daughter, Alice really helped us pull together the whole presentation. And she did all the, she had wine and cheese and, and sales and just, and name tags and a guest book. We had a lot of things there. So it was a really fun, really fun presentation. And I think we're going to try to do it, 
um, a Zoom version in the fall. Oh, nice. Online version in the fall, but not till the fall because uh, we all have stuff to do this summer. So that's it. Okay. Okay. In midlife. We're on it. (laughs) Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either <laughs> way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from pros is getting rave reviews. Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash 
slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Celine and Julie, we're back. Liz is off this week, but she'll be back next week. Um, yeah, we have a couple good weeks of shows. We have some guests coming up in the next couple of weeks of shows, Jewel. I know, I know we have to, I have to get I have to get back in my producer mind. So uh we have to take those slides off, Leanne. Who I don't know who I don't know whose slides you came off the plane with, but you gotta get back to it, gotta get back in that producing chair. You gotta get to work. You gotta pull us together, Leon. We missed you. We need you. All right. Yeah. So we got we got stuff happening in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have including a Fourth of July show. So we're on it. We're on it for you. We also have the Satellite Sisters weekend coming up in Minneapolis. There are still tickets left. We would love, love, love to have you. It's October thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. There is going to be, we're, we're just doing creative things, Julie. We're doing icebreakers. We're meeting up. We're going to get some name. You're going to have name tags. There's going to be a dance contest, a costume oh, yeah. contest. We're doing a live podcast. There's going to be plenty of time to chat and hang out. And maybe now everyone will take a historical tour. Julie, we don't know. We don't know what people are going to do when they're off hours. But Yes. Um, oh, and, and I, I think that would be great, Lynn. Okay. All right. Lee and I've been spending a lot of time on Etsy and there are some excellent Mamma Mia dance outfits. Uh, OK, so I just wanted to mention that for uh, for people who are going to come and enjoy the dance party. Right. I think, um, yeah, we have to have a sidebar on what we're going to get. We got to get our outfits coordinated. Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. Because I'm ready to move. We're going to go big on this, Lee. <laughs> didn't you tell me that's one of the trends now? Big, big. big. Yes. 70s. 70s. Big. Disco balls all happening at the Satellite Sisters uh, Big Fun Weekend. So we'd love to have you head on over to SatelliteSisters.com for more information and to get your tickets. Uh, all right, Julie, Entertaining Sisters. This is a new new uh, category of drama for you, isn't it? Yes, it is, Leanne. Um, I want to recommend a show, a South Korean. It's a 16-part series on Netflix with subtitles, and it's called The Glory, Okay. And this, this, the premise of this show is a former victim of school bullying and violence plots and executes her revenge on on the bulliers. So this is the victim, Moon Dong-un. I have to say, like, when you think about school violence and bullying, I mean, this, this portrayal is it is really is very intense uh, it's very intense to watch but she is tormented by these five other students and so years later years pass and now moon dongyeon is plotting very you know each week it's like a slow burn she's carefully plotting her revenge on these former students. Um, so it's extremely well acted. Uh, it's an ensemble class, Leon, that has won a number of awards in South Korea for their act acting, including Best Picture, Best Actors. The characters in this are so interesting and well-drawn. There are lots of subplots, beautiful, beautiful cinematography. I guess that's what you call it. I mean, the scenes of South Korea, of Seoul, and some of the other locations. But the story itself is so compelling because you see how, like, the damage that bullying does to an individual that you would seek this kind of revenge. So, wow. I, wow. 
I really recommend it. Okay. Um, this is the first sort of South Korean drama I've ever watched, but it, it is just, I, it's very well done. And it's called The Glory on Netflix, uh, 16 parts. So each each episode is about 50 or 60 minutes. No. Slow burn. It's coming. It's happening. And it's just not going to be good. Okay. All right. Okay. Julie with the K-drama, The Glory on Netflix. All right. I thought I would tell you a little bit about the Nantucket Book Festival. Some of the authors I got to see this oh, weekend. Okay. okay. That's the other island you were The hopping. other island. More islands. So after our event on Martha's Vineyard, we decided to just go to the Nantucket Book Festival that was happening. We, I was not appearing or anything. I was just a, just a fan, just a tourist. I'd never been to Nantucket before. It's a super char charming step back in time, like whaling village from the 1600s. Uh, it's um, so preppy. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I knew that I heard, but just, it's been a long time since I've been around that many people uh, in Izod's. I mean, just really a long time. I just, it's a very preppy island, but they run this beautiful little book festival where all the events are free. They attract a lot of really um, sort of highbrow authors because who doesn't want to go to Nantucket? Many of the authors already have places on Nantucket. It's a place where authors go. And um, it's just it's just low key and it's very convivial. And all of the um, the events take place in these beautiful historic churches. I bet they have a good historic tour in Nantucket. As yes, well. we did take. not get a chance to take mm -hmm. it. I saw, I wanted to, and also they have a good whaling museum, and I did not get there either. But, um, uh, but next time we were we were there for forty eight hours, and we really went to a lot of events. So couple of highlights for me. Um, the first night they did an opening thing where they had four authors talk about, uh, do a seven minute speech on freedom. Oh, what wow. freedom means to them. So, uh, and you know, it was everyone from like Sebastian Younger to Jody Picot to Luke Russert was the one that I particularly like. So this is the son of Tim Russert, the late Tim Russert, and his mom is journalist Maureen Orth. He was a journalist at NBC himself for a bunch of years, but he's taken time off to become a writer. And he has a new book out. It's sort of a travel log, but it's called Look for Me There, Grieving My Father, Finding Myself. Oh, so, and he's a very, very thoughtful guy. And his definition of freedom, he had, you know, a bunch from his experience, but it all sort of came down to love and self-expression. And it just was very heartwarming. And I thought, OK, now I'm going to get that book. Like, mm -hmm. I would like to read this book now. Just he, he was just a very thoughtful, smart, interesting guy. So uh, I appreciated that, that his definition of freedom was about, you know, surrounding yourself with family love. So uh, just a really lovely. Okay, that's uh, I, now I want to buy that book too. Okay, okay. so there you All go, right. Joel. So okay, Luke Resser. All right. The next day we got up early because one of my favorite historians, Stacy Schiff, was there. Okay, she wrote the great book about Cleopatra. She was on Satellite Sisters for that. She wrote The Witches uh, oh, that yeah. came out a couple of years ago. You know, I like my witches. I know. And um, and her new book is about Samuel Adams. Right. Revolutionary war hero, Sam Adams. And, you know, when you're on Nantucket, you feel compelled to, to you, when you're in Massachusetts in general, you feel compelled to get as much revolutionary war history as you can. So she was being interviewed by uh, Nantucket hero Nat Philbrick. He writes a lot about um, 
sailing. He he wrote the perfect storm, for instance. Um, so oh, no, he didn't. That's not correct. That that was Sebastian Younger. He wrote another book about sailing that sounds like the perfect storm, but it's not. But anyway, so they did a fantastic interview about Sam Adams, sort of the less, you know, the unknown Adams, uh, as opposed to John Adams. You know, everybody knows a lot about John Adams and his wife, Abigail Adams. Sam was sort of the late bloomer in the family. You know, he really didn't pull it together till he was in midlife. But uh, just fascinating stories about, you know, his influence in the revolution and how so much of the stuff that he was doing then is very similar to now. Like at one point, he was writing letters to the editors under 30 different pseudonyms to sort of, yeah, he was like his own Russian bot. Like he he was a great writer (laughs) on this stuff. So he wanted to foment the revolution so he couldn't just be Sam Adams all the time. He had all these pseudonyms and he'd he'd write letters and they'd be published in papers and uh, and, you know, printed and, and handed out to people on the street. And he used all these different pseudonyms. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's oh, pretty darn clever. OK, yeah. So that uh, her book about Sam Adams sounds really good. So put that on your list. And then um, one of the highlights for me was a, a conversation between Jody Picot and her co-author, Jennifer Finney Boylan, about their new book, Mad Honey. Oh, uh, what's that about? So, Matt, so I read this in preparation for this book festival. It's a it's a whodunit. It was sort of a sort of a who's telling the truth thing. And it's a story. It's a sad story about a young girl who is who dies suspiciously. And her boyfriend, who was arrested and tried for the murder. Okay. okay. Um, But there is a twist in the middle of the book when you don't, I did not know going into it. And if you don't want to know, you should forward ahead 30 seconds because I'm about to tell you the twist. Uh, The twist is that the, the girl is transgender. So you don't know that till halfway through the book. And oh. Jennifer Finney Boylan, the co-author, she herself is a college professor and a writer, and she is a transgender woman. So it's just a very complete picture of that whole experience. And so they they obviously, they had never written together. Jennifer Finney Boylan had a dream that she wrote a book with Jody Picot. And so she kind of tweeted it out. And Jody's like, well, what's it about? And and she DM'd her like, well, here's the plot. And Jody's like, we should do this. And that's how, that's how it happened. Well, that's like an amazing story, Lynn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so it was a really fun discussion, but serious because they're both super thoughtful uh, about like the work they do. And so many of Jody's books have been banned and she covers topics that a lot of people have a certain level of discomfort about. And Jenny Boylan was just super funny and lent her own perspective. It was just a wonderful conversation. And I really enjoyed the book, Mad Honey. So those are like three books I wanted to highlight. But if you're ever thinking of going to a small book festival or going to Nantucket and you kind of want an organizing event, this is super fun. Just lots of information. You can converse with authors on an informal basis. People were just chatting on the streets and in restaurants and just a really warm, convivial feeling for this book festival. And as I said, like 95% of the events were totally free, not even ticketed. You just kind of have to register. So it was terrific. It was terrific. I loved it. It was fun. Wow, Liam. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to weekend. <laughs> in fact, one of the women I met um, on the, at just on the street, we were chatting uh, um, she is opening a new bookstore. So if you live on Cape Cod, and I know we have a list, a lot of listeners that do, if you live near Plymouth, Mass, you are going to be getting a new indie bookstore. So there you go. 
Uh, there you go. New indie book called Book Love. That's going to open in the fall. I met her. Book, yeah, book love, book love. All right. Anything else, Jewel, or is that it? I think that's it, Leanne. We got to the end. Yes, we're wrapping. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'd like to thank Sergio Enriquez, our engineer. Thank you, Sergio and Emily Loudermilk. I think Emily has a new name because she's married now. I got to I gotta make sure we're giving him the right credit under the right name. She did get married a couple weeks ago. So, uh, Emily, thank you so much. Best wishes to you. All right. Our to-do list, Julie, please. What? Okay. Go for I, it. On my to happening. I want to, on my to-do list, Leanne, I want to address the peonies, panties uh, dilemma that came up last week. Okay. Last week, I did, on the end of the show, I declared National Peony Day and urged listeners to run, not walk, to Trader Joe's and get some peonies for under $10. Okay. But when I said peonies... I did not say panties, but people heard panties, not peonies, okay? So Michelle and Karen and Roxy and Kathy and Leanne, Jessica, Julia, Janine, Tandy, Peggy, Mary, Carla, Becky, Nicole, Jerry, Donna, Anne, Carrie, Tara, Tara, Natalie, and on and on, they heard panties. They heard Julie Dolan urging people to go to Trader Joe's to get panties, not peonies. Okay, Leanne. Okay. Okay, National Panty Day? You think I would actually put that on my celebrate that? Yeah. Okay. okay. And, and and just in what section of of Trader Joe's am I going to find panties? Are they next to dairy? Okay. Wines? Check out where are the panties in Trader Joe's. Now I listen back to the show. I thought I said peonies, but people are panties. Okay. They're very close. But I want to assure people. It's just, I have never heard you say the word panty in no. your entire life. Like, <laughs> first of all, we're really just underwear people, our undergarments. Like, we are New Englanders. We don't say panties. What are the panties? <laughs> well, people just had a ball over at our Facebook yeah. group, Leon. Okay. okay. They howled, they laughed, they laughed and they howled. There was just, uh, they, it, they really had some fun with that. Um, so, thank you. I appreciate all your. Comments. Okay. It made me laugh too. Okay. Peonies, panties. <laughs> well, Jill, I can't top that. So uh, my to-do list is I'm just going to Trader Joe's to get some panties. That, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Organic. <laughs> organic panties, Liam. Or peonies, which is either one you want. $10. Under $10, too. All right. That's our show. Hey, Jill, have a great week. You too, Liam. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. Okay.